1: So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled to order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our 5 Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter
0: at tinyurl.com forward slash Malt to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe – you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend.
1: Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5 pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5 pm podcast.
0: Oh, I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. Drinking it for years. Drinking it for years. Drinking it for years. You know, I, I they recently decided to add more hops to it. Hops to it. To it, to it. You know, I, I, they recently decided to add more hops to it, to it, pssst to it.
1: yeah, Hi beer lovers and welcome to the first episode of The Bubble, the podcast making you think differently about beer. My name's Johnny, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob Young.
0: Hello. So the bubble, tell us about the bubble, Johnny, where did it come from, and who we are, and where did we come from?
1: Well, so the bubble was sort of born out of a a slight frustration, perhaps, with the echo chamber uh, of the craft beer bubble, as it were. So we thought it was about time, that rather than taking the views of the same people again and again, in the same places, uh, over the same beers, we should get out there, meet some other people who maybe don't know that much about beer, but know a a hell of a lot about what we're going through. So the idea of the bubble is to escape that echo chamber that we're all caught in by introducing uh, and interviewing lots of really interesting people that have a slightly different take on it.
0: And then I suppose also within that interviewing people that are in the beer industry about things that are maybe slightly less beer related, how they arrived at this point in their careers, how their breweries grew, um, without just talking about all the beery nerdery that surrounds it.
1: Yeah, it's sort of trying to... You know, we all have life... Well, most of us have lives outside of the craft beer. Do you? Um, small ones. Very insular. Um, so we wanted to explore that and see what other people do and potentially that way find out what inspired them to do what they do within uh,
0: the craft beer industry. Brilliant. So I think... Why Johnny and I wanted to do this was because of just the general frustration with a lack of beer podcasts that were um, interesting outside the sort of beer geekery. Mm. Um, both of us have a mutual love for things like the Adam Buxton podcast, Science-ish, um, lots of things like that, that are they're quite broad podcasts, and it makes it a lot more inclusive for everyone to listen to.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like Science-ish is a great example because
0: it's about film. But you
1: don't even have to have seen the film to actually care about the topics that they're talking about. And that's what's missing from podcasts at the moment. There are lots of great beer podcasts uh, that cover from sort of your, your down-the-pub kind of chat, like Beer O'Clock Show, all the way up to deep-dive, uh, personality-based ones like Good Beer Hunting. Uh, but none of them really tackle the, the actual people and the processes that are behind beer as a whole, which is what hopefully we'll be doing while making it accessible to anybody who hasn't tried the beer or doesn't even know what crappie is about,
0: I do love Belgium Smack though, and that is about as geeky as it gets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we 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 need a we need a beer podcast uh, world as as varied as the beer world that we exist in as well.
0: So yeah, there hopefully will be quite a lot of um, Adam Buxtonesque things that you'll notice through this podcast as well. Um, there'll be a barking dog. <laughs> oh, definitely coming up in this uh, this show um, my small dog Lorne the sausage dog is sat beside us at the moment and he loves to bark he loves to bark so yes you'll hear that much like Rosie from the Buxton podcast there will be jingles some of which will be coming up later on. Berry jingles. Um, turns out really difficult to make a jingle.
1: <laughs> really? You've been, yeah, you've been struggling? Struggling. That's why we've only got two currently. Yeah,
0: Buxton <laughs> does a good job of churning them out. But um, what
1: else does he do, you know? That's true. It's just jingles and podcasts now.
0: So this podcast is a bit of a prequel um, to the up-and-coming episodes. We just thought we'd do a quick one to introduce ourselves. Um, a lot of you listening will know Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel, but nearly all of you listening will not know who I am. Um, You're the detective I'm from, de- from
1: uh, Peaky Blinders, right?
0: Am I? Is he not <laughs> Irish? <laughs> he is. There you go, I'm the detective from Peaky Blinders. Um, so, well, we'll introduce the, the man you all know first, Johnny the Hitman Garrett. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I run a YouTube
1: channel called the Craft Beer Channel, Uh, which you might have come across uh, but it's highly likely you haven't Um, and we started five years ago uh, just kind of as a hobby we I used to work for Jamie Oliver and he started food tube which was his food YouTube channel and I, I got obsessed through through marketing that and that kind of side got obsessed with YouTube channels and discovered that no one was quite doing beer tube right a lot of reviews in bedrooms um a lot of sort of 30-minute epic interviews with no editing with with brewers, and I thought nobody's actually taking a kind of editorial approach to this. So we started the Craft Beer channel. Uh, Jamie liked it, so we put a couple of episodes on his channel, and that's how it got to where it was. It was nothing to do with us. Um, But now it's a little monster that just keeps on growing and swallowing up more time, but equally getting getting us to travel all over the world and meet amazing, amazing people, uh, some of whom will hopefully be
0: appearing on this. Awesome. Um, And then for me, I work with johnny at a company called cave direct we are one of the uk's biggest independent beer importers so we deal with a lot of belgian breweries german breweries some scandy ones and then quite a lot from the uk and america so i have worked with cave for three years and before that i worked for meantime i hear you all sighing at me <laughs> they um, used to be good man. We had, uh, everyone has to start somewhere <laughs> um and before that I work for companies like the Draft House and the Dean Swift um, in the pub game, which is where a lot of us started in this uh, this trade. So I head up the sales team for the South of Cave Direct, um, and Johnny is our one-man marketing team. Yeah, so just put uh, my thumbs up, but it's a podcast, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I need to learn these bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we work for Cave Direct and beer merchants, um, and most of these episodes will be filmed or at the beer merchants' tap in Hackney Wick. And we will be drinking their beers and talking about beers with all our guests here, more often than not, unless they don't want to travel to us. Hmm.
1: And full disclosure, like some of the breweries and the the people that we chat to will be uh, part of our world in Cave Direct. But luckily, it's a very broad church, Cave Direct. You know, like Rob said, we work with so many countries, so many breweries. Um, And it won't purely be those guys, but it will spend a lot of time in the tap because that's where we spend a lot of time. (laughs) All our time. Yeah, All our time, yeah. Yeah. so the other thing to notice is this podcast is sponsored by Beer Merchants, uh, and you can go to beermerchants.com to get uh, 800 different beers uh, all direct to your door, often within 48 hours, sometimes within 24, which still surprises Amazing.
0: me. Amazing. Amazing. And it's got a huge list that um, spans even more countries than the Cave Direct portfolio. There's a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff on there. So a lot of Lambic for all you Lambic lovers out there, um, some American beers. So yeah, check it out if you want quality um, so tell us, Johnny, how did you get into beer? Where did your beer journey begin?
1: My my beer journey started. I've actually got two origin stories, and I, they both they can't both be true. But I remember both of them happening. Uh, one of them is a pint of Camden Hell's in the Horseshoe back in twenty like, yeah, it must have been twenty ten um, when I was I lived with a uh, bunch of my best friends, and we were all supposed to be revising for our end of year exams, uh, and instead we went to the pub. Um, and all had a pint of Camden Hell's, which turned into two, which turned into three, which turned into four, which turned into not a very good result in the exam the next day. But we were blown away by how good it was. Like having a lager that was properly bitter was was a bit of a surprise to us. Uh, and we'd all been ale drinkers, so we'd been used to a bit more bitterness. Um, so we enjoyed that. And then the, the other origin story I have is the stag in Hampstead, which in my head must have been at least a year later. And that was a pint of uh, Red Hook IPA which I purely ordered because of the massive hammer that used to be the tap handle. I was like, well, that's got to be good. It's got a hammer for a tap handle. Um, and that, I think, was the first American IPA I ever had. Um, and nowadays it's seen as like a little bit old school. Certainly now that New England uh, brewing has become so fashionable, but it was citrusy, piney, bittersweet. Uh, none of the things that you kind of associate with keg beer, or like I did in, in 2011, 2012. Um, and it blew my mind, and, and again, three or four pints later, uh, I was truly converted. So which one of those is true? I don't know. They both happened. I just don't know which one was the conversion. What about you, Rob?
0: Mine started a lot younger than you, actually. Um, unbelievably, I started getting into beer at eight years old. There we go. There bark number one, bark count, um, <laughs> at about seven or eight years old, um, <laughs> which is mad. I wasn't drinking it. But That's a I, lot younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started collecting beer mats, so my sister is 10 years older than me, so when she was like 17, 18, she was going to the pub, and I started collecting beer mats. I can't really remember why. I think my neighbour might have collected them, so I got into it, but I always sort of loved beer culture. Like My dad would always go to a pub called Jenny Watts um, in a place called Bangor, where I'm from, and he would like go out for a pints on a Saturday night, he still does, between 5 and 7, and bizarrely, actually, it's where I had my first pub job. Um, but he would talk about the beers and things like that. He's a Guinness drinker, or maybe a Smithix. There's not very many d- beers what, to choose what, from in Northern what Ireland. What is Smithix? It's kind of like a brown ale, I suppose. It's, it doesn't have a lot of taste. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there was like quite a lot of culture of like going out to the pub for dinner and things like that. So I was surrounded by it. Um, not drinking it at seven. I waited at least two years. Um, but my sister would collect me beer mats. Um, I still got them all. I've got a huge selection of these beer mats from circa uh, 96. Um, they they could be worth something. I think Boca yeah. Bailey might uh, might want them or something. I still have, My favourite one is a Boddington's one. And it's a yellow beer mat and it just has an ice cream cut out of it. And it says Cream of Manchester, and it is beautifully designed. Um, then I took a bit of a break from my beer drinking uh, between, between the ages of 10, 10 and 15, um, and then had a fairly standard um, relationship with beer as a, as a kid, sort of just drinking shitty lagers that were available in Northern Ireland. Um, Northern Ireland is quite a bit behind England or London specifically, so when things are starting to bubble over here, when I lived over there, there wasn't really anything. But um, I worked at a bar and banger, and the manager was, by today's terms, pretty tame, but by then it was quite extraordinary. He was like bringing in one bottle of the month, which was something different. I got really into it, so I remember, like, Punk IPA coming over, um, unbelievably O'Dell's IPA, (laughs) which probably tasted like toilet, but Mm. to me it was a taste sensation. Compared Um, to Smithix. Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think what other, like, some of them were so tame, but they were just different to, like, the norm of what was in Northern Ireland at the time. Um, Like, Crombacher was one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Johnny had a funny look in his face, Um, (laughs) but we really didn't, uh, apart from Diageo products or Tenants products, we didn't have a lot of other beer coming across. It's so much better now. Um, I don't get back home as often as I'd like, but you do see more breweries cropping up and more breweries coming across to Boundary or pretty close to where I live. They're making some really good beers, and then you know all the usual offenders are sending bits and pieces over no, as well. None of the beers you mentioned were sort of real ale. Was that less of a thing? No, no real ale ah. at all in Northern Ireland, bizarrely. Um, Diageo have big controls of all the taps, so you just... I mean, every pub sells the same beer. Yeah, Every single pub. It is mad. Um, but then I moved to London, and on my second day, I got a job in the Dean Swift at Gainsford Street near Torbridge, and sort of walked into this job and it was completely different than what I was used to. Um, there was all these rotational beers, um, lines that needed cleaning all the time, all the stuff I'd never done before. But, I, I mean, if you're slightly into beer, getting all that put in front of you, it doesn't take long to get really behind it. <laughs> so I was drinking Colonel, Beaver Town had just been released, drinking 8-Ball and the old bottles. Um, Buxton were doing loads of stuff there, Magic Rock, and they're Curious which uh, is now called Ringmaster uh, I've
1: still got a bottle of Highwire as well back really? home I, I, I discovered it while I was moving house a couple of years mm. ago and I think they only did one or two batches that went into
0: bottle yeah they did it was really hard to get and they had cool caps yeah have a little uh, Magic Rock man on the top um, so yeah that really just got me into it massively I lived with my fur end at the time we moved over together and we worked together um and both of us just loved beer and we'd go home and drink more beers and talk about beer all the time so you got to know it very very quickly it was a bit of a baptism of fire because I was working in it and I was living in it and it was when the sort of scene was kicking off in 2012 I think which is mad because I like We I, my first shift there was a Camden wheat was on which they don't make anymore I think that was my first staff drink
1: the, the wit or the no, there was it was, a it one. was
0: pre-wit oh, wow. it was wheat um, and then I went on to work for companies like Draft House, and Meantime, as I mentioned, and then ended up at Cave about three years ago. Um, and yeah, so I've been in the back scenes as the distributors are. So so as a man who is firmly
1: entrenched in the bubble, uh, what do you see as like the, the issues, the things that the beer, the beer bubble needs to learn from outside? What kind of stuff do you want to get into with the podcast? other than the ones we've already recorded?
0: I just think there's so much more than just the the geekery behind it. Um, I love beer because it's so cultural and social. Like, you go to the pub to drink beers and talk with your mates, and you can talk about beers and, or music or any of the other amazing things you want to talk about are, but it is a social tool, beer, and I worry that if you get too into the... The inside the bubble then it removes all the socialness of beer and then deeming beer pointless other than the getting drunk side mm. which I also like <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we'll certainly do a podcast on people that like to get drunk that's uh, that's definitely on my list um, another one I really love to dig into uh, and guys who are listening if you have any ideas please do uh, send them to us like tag in beer merchants or craft beer channel um, and we'll find you um but one about the i guess the hype machine or the or the the social interactions online and the bizarre twisted knots we tie ourselves into as we argue about what is mostly inconsequential things and i think it's a really interesting psychological piece that could be done there yeah um, i think
0: the hype surrounding beer at the moment is fascinating um how into it people get and it's brilliant and it's great for the beer industry that people are so passionate about it but i worry that it could become a bit self-destructive
1: we don't want to be like wine do we where it's there's a definite wine world and prices go up and people start forging different beers and stuff like that i mean i'm sure that already happens thankfully canning I think makes it a bit harder to do but then the wraparound labels suddenly it's easier again who knows who knows, there's, there's a podcast in that before I start just having internal conversations with myself.
0: Making falsified beer, yeah. just you steaming off labels. <laughs> exactly, ah, yeah. crime. This is definitely Treehouse Julius,
1: definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, as I mentioned, um, part of the reason we wanted to do this was to make beer a bit more inclusive and get outside the bubble and there's a lot of influence and I did say to you, Johnny, that there needed to be Buxton S jingles so yeah I've made our, our first jingle um with my very talented friend Paddy Baird um so I'll play it for you and then you, you can let me know what you think so this is called Blue Moonday Blue Moonday yeah. strong already
1: strong already Yeast infection, Yeast infection, infected blue moon. Is there any? Um any more thrilling thought
0: yes so that actually is the song Blue Monday by New Order but instead of the synthesizer being a synthesizer it is a can of eight wired cucumber Berliner Weiss (laughs) opening
1: and no beer was harmed you you drank
0: the beer we drank the beer it didn't have a yeast infection Um, it was donated by the guys at uh, New Zealand Beer Collective actually (laughs) give me a can of it to try um, so I brought it round to my friend Patty's house and uh, we cracked it open and sampled it for <laughs> Blue Monday. There you go. There's plenty more gold uh, to come where that came from. Hopefully they'll get better, but yeah, it's, it's difficult <laughs> to make them concise enough um, And funny. Turns out I'm (laughs) not a comedian like Adam Buxton. (laughs) That's one way in which this will vary. Uh, Get away from
1: the blueprint of Buxton's podcasts. Um, If you have any ideas, guys, um, any pun-related jingles you think we could whap out, whap out, um, do let us know um but in the meantime uh, that's all we really had to say for the introduction podcast um we'll see you out with rob's second jingle in a second um but this is just quickly a shout out for the next podcast it's the first one we're releasing it's already live um it's called sellouts uh it's an interview with john west who is a journalist in the murky world of uh, market makers who broker deals between different companies um so he works in that journalist world and has lots of insights uh, to do with that and teaches us all about how the sellout process happens, uh, why some of it's controversial, why some of it isn't, and why you should definitely go into the company's House and work out who is next. Uh, so, yeah, that podcast is already live, uh, so just click on the playlist uh, when you exit this. Uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you'll be joining us for many years to come. So long, suckers. I love that stuff. have
0: been drinking it for years. Drinking it for years drinking it for years, drinking it for years. You know, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it, hops to it. You know, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it, you know, I, I recently decided to, add more to it. She got, she got, yeah, they got, they got,